Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, first of all. Uh, the title of the message is Characteristics of Mothers. Characteristics of Mothers. There's different kinds of mothers that we'll be looking at. Um, uh, different three main points that we'll be making. We'll be talking about uh, a mother's heart as compared and as be the example being uh, Elizabeth and Mary's. Uh, we'll talk about spiritual motherhood and we'll talk about single motherhood. Those are the three main parts of, 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 of the message. Um, and, and I have a few things that I usually say. Uh, he who has had a godly mother is rich, though maybe not wealthy. So if you've had a godly mother, you are a rich person. And of course, it is also she who has had a godly mother. So you know how it goes. Uh, you talk about he or she or whatever. I mean both. Um, and then the second thing, sort of a quote that I have uh, come up with, that is my, my, my own quote here. God has designed a mother to be the one person that can fill the sails of her children more than anyone else. God has designed a mother to be the one person that can fill the sails of her children more than any, anyone else. Wow. Yes. Some of the, uh, the message today comes out of uh, the book that my wife and I wrote uh, called One Plus One Equals One, uh, a, book, a book on marriage. And so we have a chapter in there about uh, motherhood and the, the heart of a mother. The heart of a mother. So uh, today we'll talk about then uh, uh, some characteristics of a couple of uh, super examples in the scriptures, uh, Mary and Elizabeth. Right there in the book of Luke, we're going to look at it. And then talk about some of the characteristics of a spiritual mother, what that looks like. And lastly, uh, my favorable opinion of single mothers. So a threefold sermon on, on motherhood. So let's start with the, with the first one. The first point is a mother's heart. And we are looking primarily in Luke 1, uh, 38 through 51, okay? And let me just read 142 to you. And it goes like this. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Uh, that is what Elizabeth is saying to Mary. What a greeting. We'll talk about that a little bit more. The New King James Version goes like, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Almost the same. Uh, let us explore uh, what is in the heart of these two godly women. Uh, as you know, the word Elizabeth means pledged to God. Uh, what is in the heart of these godly women that, that we can uh, teach to other women or that other women can uh, apply to their lives as they see fit to, to do so, walking in the ways of Mary and Elizabeth? So... Um, First, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about commitment and submission. Commitment and submission. Uh, as Mary is answering to the angel, uh, and Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So we see in here that Mary is making a commitment 
and, 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 and a submissive sort of a way that she's saying, whatever you say, God, whatever you ask of me, whatever you want me to do, I'm available. It's, it's a yes. I will follow you. I will work with you. I will do what it takes. And you can uh, do through me whatever you like. And I'm a servant ready to obey anything that you say. And whatever you ask me to do, my answer is yes, almost in advance. Now, that's a good, a good place to be, that you say to God, yes, whatever he's going to ask you. In advance, you have that attitude that it is yes. So, um, we'll talk, let's talk a little bit about commit and submit. Commit and submit. I, I see it in this way, and you don't have to agree, but I, I think you'll, 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 you'll go with me anyways. Uh, co commit means, okay, that you are, you are on the team. Submit means you are going to follow the leader. Okay, so I'll make three points over here. Uh, uh, commit, you're on the team. You, let's, let's compare it with a sports team, for example. You've signed up. You have paid your dues to be on the team. You have made arrangements to be on the team. You are on the team. Now then, that, then now there is a captain or there's a leader or there's a coach. And then if, you, if you're going to work to the maximum, you are going to also submit to the leader as to what is going on on this team that you have committed to be part of. Yes? Now, sometimes we commit, but we don't want to submit. This is true also for Christian folks. Sometimes they commit to a church, but they don't want to submit to the, to the leadership of that church. They, and then ultimately, they commit to Jesus Christ, but they don't ultimately want to submit to everything that he's asking from them. They, are, they make objections many times, or sometimes they are simply disobedient. So they have committed in a way, but they have not submitted. Okay, the second difference that I want to bring to you is that somebody who commits believes in the cause. Somebody who submits will do everything in their power to advance the cause. So let us talk about a sports team again. You are on a, a, a soccer team and you have committed to the soccer team and you believe in the cause that this soccer team wants to win. Uh, maybe they want to win district, maybe they want to win state, maybe they want to win the national championships or whatever. You, you have committed to that. But are you doing whatever it takes to advance the cause in that you are fit, that you are uh, prepared, and that you have everything ready to do the best that you can? Uh, do you uh, spend late nights maybe partying a little bit, then that is not doing your best to advance the cause. Similarly, again, in the Christian world, that you are, you believe in the cause of the church, that uh, there should be unity, or that we should evangelize, or that we should visit, or that we, whatever the situation might be, that, that, that you have committed to being, being a cause. Uh, but are you willing to do whatever it takes to advance this cause. Many times people just come to a church and they enjoy the fellowship and enjoy being there, but they don't do whatever they can to advance the cause. Uh, 
And this is true also with being a Christian. We believe in the cause to share the gospel with, with other people, but often we don't do it. We don't do what is necessary. We don't go to the training. We don't go to the teaching. Uh, we don't do the Bible study that is necessary to be a little bit more, uh, how you call it, um, to be quicker and more uh, uh, at ease in, in, in sharing the gospel and so on and so forth and have the, the tools to do it. Uh, and then uh, commit could be like working for God, but submit means working with God. Let me just give you a silly example that happened years ago when I was a, a fairly young Christian. Um, I had had some teaching on husbands should bless their wives and, and help their wives and so on and so forth. So I was on my way to work pretty much, but I was just a few minutes early. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm, going to, I, I, I'm going to bless my wife. And um, so I got a vacuum cleaner and vacuumed the living room. Nice job. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and I say, honey, I, I just vacuumed the living room and tried to put the, the, the thing away, the vacuum cleaner away. And, and, and she was grateful. I saw it in her eyes. But there was something in her eyes that I thought, hey, what, what's this? I say, honey, so, so what's up? She says, well. I, uh, I've already vacuumed the living room. Uh, I, as I was putting away the vacuum cleaner, the Lord spoke to me in a very clear way. And he says to me, this is what you do with me. You just want to do some things like you do them for me, as if you could do things for me. But you haven't checked with me what I want you to do. So you, you, you did it on your own. Instead of doing it with me, you try to do it for me. From now on, work with me. So I can instruct you, I can show you, I can guide you, I can lead you as to where I want you to work uh, with me and, and, and do, do my will. So here it goes. So there is a difference when, when then we are talking about motherhood, for mothers to commit and mothers to submit in the, in the final analysis that they would submit to Jesus Christ, who by the Holy Spirit would lead them to be fantastic mothers who have a tremendous influence, not only on their own children, but in their home with the husband and with other, uh, other people that, that are around them. So uh, another uh, uh, um, characteristic of uh, Mary in this scenario, we talked about Mary and Elizabeth, but this is uh, about Mary. Uh, there is exaltation and there is joy. In Luke 1, 46 and 47, those two verses, what we talk about, she, uh, 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 she says, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. There is a, mag a, a magnifying of the Lord, an exaltation. My soul is speaking highly of the Lord. I raise up the name of Jesus and I look up to him as I uh, make him known and as I uh, uh, honor his name and who he is. Uh, exaltation. And then uh, a joy. Uh, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So her life is characteristic, characterized by magnifying the Lord and rejoicing in God. And rejoicing in God. Now, I don't want to paint the picture that Mary and Elizabeth 
you know, they were human beings. So they had, they had bad days too. <laughs> like all, like all, all women, like all human beings. So, but what, what I read in the scripture, what I glean from it, that, um, that the bad days were rather an exception than the rule. So my question to you is, dear mother, is a, a, a good day, is that an exception or is that the, that the rule? But uh, where I'm looking from, that if you are magnifying the name of the Lord and you are rejoicing in God as your Savior, that I, I, I want to say to you, I think it, it would be very hard to have a bad day. As right off the beginning of the day, you magnify the Lord and you rejoice in God being your Savior. How can you not then that day walk in a path that is so wonderful, joyful in the presence of the Lord? So I would say focus on Jesus and glance at your circumstances. Focus on the one who is beautiful. Focus on the one who has all the answers. Focus on the one that will bring you joy. Focus on the one who is gracious. Focus on the one who is merciful. Focus on the one who is forgiving. And just glance at your circumstances. Because he is always better looking and prettier than your circumstances. So, uh, and then let me just ex uh, show you here a little bit from the scriptures that Mary expressed also what God has done along with some of his attributes. So I'm going to read them to you right over here. They're right in the scriptures. Um, he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. He has done great things. This is what she's saying. This is what she's proclaiming. He has shown mercy on those who fear him. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He is God, my Savior. Yes, indeed. He that is mighty. Holy is his name. My dear brothers and sisters, uh, 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 mothers uh, all over the place and others uh, that, that, are, that are just, uh, that are Christians, not, that are not mothers. <laughs> this is a message for you that we should express the great things that God has done and, 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 and give him back some of the attributes that are his as we proclaiming and as we starting the day and in the middle of the day and when you go to bed at night and in the middle of the night when you cannot sleep, you praise him and rejoice in him and tell him what great things he has done and tell him of his attributes. Holy is his name. He that is mighty. He is God, my Savior. So, uh, a mother's heart, as we see here with, with, with Mary, should exalt and magnify the Lord. A heart that is glad and a heart that rejoices in the Savior. Yes. Um, so, then, the, the, the next thing I want to I talk to you about is in verse uh, 142b, that... I want to bring to, 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 to the point uh, uh, about a characteristic of uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you know that the name Elizabeth means pledged to God, pledged 
to God, Elizabeth. Uh, and we're going to talk about blessing and graciousness. Blessing and graciousness. In Luke 142b, we see, Blessed are you, we read that earlier, uh, that is what Elizabeth is saying to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. There's not only blessings and graciousness in her voice. There is, there is no jealousy, there is no bitterness, there is no power struggle, there is no sense of why am I not becoming the mother of the, of the Lord? How, how about, uh, why, why is it you? Why is it not me? None of that. She just blesses Mary a, a, as she should. Uh, uh, I, I can hear it. She, she, she was a woman who spread blessings around her. Uh, I pray that mothers everywhere would spread blessings and edification all around them. And, he's, and she goes on with this. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So, um, this is so neat to see what kind of blessing and graciousness is in the heart of Elizabeth as she expresses herself to Mary and in such a gracious way uh, is welcoming Mary in her house. Mary stayed there for, for three months. Uh, so <laughs> this was not a short visit. She welcomes Mary in the house and, and tell her, asks her the question in a sort of a statement sort of a thing. What? Why is this favor befalling me? Why is this honor coming my way that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Wow, what, what, what graciousness is in her voice. Uh, a mother's heart full of blessings and graciousness. And so I pray and I wish and I hope that mothers that hear this message this morning, that you would determine in your heart that you would go before the Lord and ask that he would make you a gracious person, uh, a, 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 a person that sp spreads blessing around wherever uh, she goes. W would you do that? Would you ask the Lord to bless you in that way? Uh, that wherever you go, there's graciousness and there's blessing spread around, not only in your own home, not only with your husband, not only with your children, but in, in your church at work, in the restaurant, at the bank, wherever you go, there is a blessedness and a graciousness that is spread. Psh, 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 sort of like a sweet aroma. Psh, 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 wherever you go, oh, it smells so good. It smells so good because you spread the blessings of the Lord. And then this is not, this word is not in the text, but if you you can see it, you can feel it, you can sense it, you can, if you say it out loud, you can hear it. Uh, this word called thankfulness. There is, a, you, you might say, a grat an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude in her voice, in her attitude, in her dealings, in the way she talks, her posture, her volume. The, the, the sound of the voice is a, a voice of Thankfulness besides the blessing and the graciousness. Thankfulness. And um, I, I think that we should be thankful. Uh, as American Christians, 
I think that we ought to be cautious because we have so much that we might take things for granted uh, and, and, and not show thankfulness. Um, I, I have a friend who, uh, who has Corona and he's somewhere else in, in Dallas area. And uh, we, 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 we thought that we were losing him. Uh, and I, I prayed and prayed and prayed like I've ever prayed. Uh, every waking moment that I had while, while, while asleep. If, if you sleep, I sleep a little funny. I, the first three or four hours I sleep solid, solid. And then afterwards my mind starts going a little bit. And then you know, I think about things or I think about things to do, not worrying, not worrying, just thinking, uh, planning, uh, praying especially. And so every waking moment, every moment that, that, I, 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 could, that, that I was aware, I would be praying for him as I would be praying also some, for other people that I had committed to pray for. Um, one precious one who wants a baby. And we've been praying and praying and praying. Uh, one that needs to be healed from coronavirus. And so, thank Jesus, he's doing better. What I was trying to say is this. This morning I called him, hey, are you still doing a little bit better? And he says, yes, I am drinking tea at my kitchen table. And I rejoiced and I told him, I praise God with you. I am so thankful. I say, you know, we need to be thankful uh, in this. I don't want to take for granted that you're feeling better. Hallelujah. Thankfulness. And I am thankful. So mothers, uh, let's be thankful people. And we will bless many people around us. And, and not the least of which would be your children. What a great thing that is. Remember, God has designed you as a mother to be the one person that can fill the sails of your children more than anyone else. That was the first point. The second point is about spiritual motherhood. So you are a biological mother. You've had a child, but there is also something called a spiritual mother. I will take that out of 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 14 through 17. I will read it. This has to do with spiritual fatherhood. As Paul is writing to the Corinthians about, hey, you may have a ton of teachers, but you have very few fathers. I'll read the passage to you. But I want to take it from a, a, a mother's perspective this morning, uh, uh, from a mother's perspective. And, and, and that is allowable uh, because it applies. Not only we, we have some of those people, mothers, spiritual mothers, just like the fathers that Paul is speaking of, of over here. We have those in our church. So I know it applies. So let me read a passage to you. Uh, verse 14. I do not write these things to shame you, but as beloved children, I warn you. Or uh, another way of saying it is that I advise you. Even the idea of encouragement is, is in there. Verse 15. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, 
who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So let's just let me just grab a few over here that I have underlined in my notes here and, and talk about it a little bit. First of all, Paul is not trying to shame anybody. So uh, and, and we look at the at, at a uh, mother's perspective in just a little bit. Uh, he's not trying to shame anybody. He is trying to, to encourage them. And he's saying, hey, listen, you might have 10,000 teachers there, but very few fathers or in this scenario, very few mothers. This is not taught very much in the church, spiritual motherhood. Uh, but it is very, very, very important, as is spiritual fatherhood, that an older sister would take a younger sister under her arms, under her wings, and teach her the ways of the Lord. Not necessarily only about motherhood. Oh, that might be included. But it might be a teenage girl that is far away from, from being a mother. So the, the, the biological motherhood doesn't have that much to do with this. This is spiritual motherhood. That a, 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 an older sister takes a younger sister under, under her leadership and guidance and, and under her arms and, uh, and, and leads and guides and teaches the younger sister the ways of the Lord, prays for her, is in touch with her. And I'm going to give you some characteristics here in just a little bit about a spiritual mother. So 10,000 instructors, but yet few fathers. In this scenario then, few mothers. And he says, I urge you to imitate me. Ha! Wow, what a statement. I urge you to imitate me. Who can say that? Well, if you're walking with the Lord, this should be in your life. There should be enough to imitate. It's not that you're going to be perfect because Paul was not perfect either. But that his life had such a consistency before God that he could say, imitate me. When you see me do the things of the Lord, hey, do them. Because when Paul is doing the things of the Lord, this is not like once in a month he does some things of the Lord. No, no, no. He does it every day. He does the things of the Lord. And as he spends time with his disciple or his spiritual son, in this scenario, as the mother spends time with her spiritual daughter, then she is teaching her the ways of the Lord. We'll, I'll give you some, some more characteristics in just a little bit. One is imitating. So that, that implies that somebody is going to be an example that somebody else is going to follow. So for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. Here you have that word. So Timothy was not Paul's biological son. He was his spiritual son. So, so your spiritual daughter uh, is a beloved daughter to you that you are going to uh, cultivate in the ways of the Lord. So there's a real and true scenario in the church about spiritual motherhood and spiritual fatherhood. Uh, and he says... I will send Timothy to you to remind you of how I do my Christian walk. How, and I, do, I teach that everywhere and in every church. So, we are bringing this then from a, a, a mother's, a, a spiritual mother's perspective. And I would like to give you um, a few, and there's many more, uh, just a few characteristics of a spiritual mother, spiritual motherhood. Uh, one, a uh, spiritual mother prays for her spiritual daughter. Um, it is my hope that 
you as a mother would be also the spiritual mother of your biological biological uh, daughter yes um, and you should you should play that role best you can as much as you are allowed but sometimes daughters they look elsewhere for a spiritual mother and that is okay that is okay um, so um, pray pray S obviously spend time together you cannot mother somebody if you're not spending time together spend time together in all wisdom uh you know where you should meet what time of the day you should meet transportation is she a minor then you probably want her mother to drop her off someplace where you can meet for an hour or so and mother pick her back up and take her whatever with wisdom and you will know the situation and you'll know how to adjust for that particular situation uh, uh, given the circumstances spend time together S obviously speak of the things of god from scripture and in life not just from scripture it is very 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 important from scripture because that substantiates everything else that you're going to tell her without which there's no substantiation and she doesn't have to believe you but if you come from the scriptural perspective but also from life in other words, you are going to share things with her, testimony with her, things that you have experienced. We call them God things that you've experienced and that you will lead and guide her in. Uh, where you have been, where she is now. Uh, and you can guide and lead. Uh, a motherly example, like we said, Paul says, imitate me, mimic me, do what I'm, what I'm doing. So she is an example to her spiritual daughter. Um, once you know, right off the bat, if you're a spiritual mother, you almost always get a short end of the stick. That is just the way it is. Because as a spiritual mother, as well as a spiritual father, when we talk about spiritual mothers right now, uh, you are happy to take the short end of the stick because you have sacrifice in your heart. That is the whole idea. There is sacrifice in your heart. Mothers come to the fellowship, to the church, on Sunday morning and, uh, and other times, they come primarily to fill bellies. They don't come primarily to get their bellies filled. Just like in home. The children at home, they don't come to fill the bellies of the parents. The parents fill the bellies of the children. So in the spiritual realm, you're not coming primarily to get your belly filled if you're a spiritual mother. You're coming because you are a mother and you're going to fill bellies, those that are daughters in the fellowship uh, that you might be teaching on that particular moment or that particular morning or that particular session or that particular season. Um, but, but, but you are not coming. So you cannot, if you're complaining that you are not getting your belly filled, that you are not getting any food, that means, hey, you are not a mother yet. You have just exposed that you're not a spiritual mother, you still need a lot of feeding. So from now on, you will know where you get your feeding, primarily from the Lord himself, but also from other studies and other fellowship with maybe some other mothers in the faith, spiritual mothers. Um, so when we're saying mimic me, 
mimic your spiritual mother. That means that she's going to be a, an example. And that means she is not going to give her spiritual daughter only information, but she's going to help shape and form her. So it is not just a matter of telling, it is also a matter of showing. As the pastor of the church, I tell the congregation, hey, listen, if, if I'm asking you to do something, but I cannot show you, you should fire me. I shouldn't be your leader. Leading, by definition, means somebody is following. <laughs> and if, I'm not, if I can't lead you, I shouldn't be the leader. So um, it is not just about information. It is also about formation. And not just telling, but also showing. Not just talking, but a lot of doing. In uh, the relationship with a spiritual mother and a spiritual daughter, there should be accountability both ways, right? The daughter can keep the mother accountable, and the mother keeps the daughter accountable. Uh, and accountability, there's much to say about accountability, but let me just say this. If in an accountability relationship, there is no truth told, people tell exaggerations or half lies or full lies, then that is not accountability. If you are a serious accountability relationship, that means you're telling the truth and you feel free to tell the truth because you know that the other person loves you, has only your best interest at heart, and uh, you will help lead and guide her accordingly. And if you're the spiritual mother, you should uh, allow the spiritual daughter to call you into account as well. For an example, if you have been rude to your husband and your spiritual daughter was there, she should be able to call into account and say, I, I noticed that you were a bit rude to your husband this morning. And, and so, um, and so that accountability uh, relationship. A spiritual mother or father, but we're talking about mothers this morning, is never bored. Never bored. There is daughters to be taken care of. Daughters to be taken care of. And uh, there's many more characteristics, but I'll leave it at this to give you an idea of what spiritual motherhood looks like. And like I said, I pray that your biological daughter is also your spiritual daughter as well. If your biological daughter looks for a spiritual mother somewhere else, if she is a committed Christian and a spiritual mother, praise God for it. Because in sometimes in some seasons, some biological daughters may not be interested in having their biological mother be their spiritual mother. May not. This is not a, a slam on you. Just, just praise God that she has another Christian sister who is a spiritual mother, who prays for your daughter, who gives your daughter good advice. I want to tell you, our daughter had that privilege of a spiritual mother like that. And the spiritual mother still prays for her today. And this is what, um, 20 years, 20 20, 30 years later, uh, 25 years later, say. So, yes. So don't, don't be perturbed. Just thank God. If you know this, this sister, this spiritual mother, that your daughter is uh, sort of 
getting in line with and, 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 and following. You know her and she is an upright woman and she is, she is going to be right for the task. Praise God. I praised God for the spiritual mother that my daughter had. And then of course, our, her own mother, her biological, also was a spiritual mother to it, to, to, to her. And uh, fantastic. Uh, but at certain seasons, the spiritual daughter doesn't want to receive necessarily from her uh, biological mother. So, and that's, uh, and that's fine. Uh, uh, but now, oh my goodness. Now, the, the, the bond of uh, my wife and my daughter is superb, superb. Uh, but I think that part of the influence to our daughter was the spiritual mother that was not her biological mother, a sister in the Lord. You follow what I'm saying? Um, I use the terms too, too often maybe, uh, so I'll, I, maybe I lose you a little bit, but I hope that you know what I mean. You might, this might be true in your life, and I want to encourage you that if you know the person that your son or daughter is relating with in a, in a spiritual fatherhood or a spiritual motherhood, you know the people, and the things are right, and things are done wisely and rightly and correctly, then... Uh, Praise God for it. The third point today is single motherhood. I don't have a scripture per se on this, but I think that the scriptures would bear what I say, uh, but I don't have a scripture that says specifically that single mothers are great heroes. <laughs> they are to me. They are some of the greatest heroes, single mothers. They don't have a lot of physical or emotional or uh, spiritual uh, support. They don't have a husband. Um, so here again with great wisdom, there might be a couple in the church that needs to step up. A couple. It shouldn't be just uh, the husband. It shouldn't be just a man. It shouldn't just be a brother to the single mother. There's too much, too much going on over there. Unless there is a really special relationship. For an example, um, uh, you have a husband and a wife, and then you have the younger sister of the wife who's a single mother, then sometimes it's okay for the husband to have this relationship. So, But you have to be very, 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 very cautious. So I advise that a couple from the church then ministers to the single mother if she needs a sofa moved or whatever in the physical realm or an emotional uh, uh, pep talk uh, over the phone or, or face to face or she, she needs some spiritual help and some spiritual guidance and some spiritual counseling. No one better than you as a couple to give them. And my wife and I do that quite a bit. Um, uh, so I, I want to just say to single mothers, I honor you. I respect you i i look at you as heroes you have to be a father and a mother at the same time you don't have the support of even making decisions hey what do you think of this 
uh, you'd have to go outside of the home to ask for some counsel. Uh, on and on. But I honor you. And I just want you to know that I think, I know that Jesus loves you, single mothers. And he wants to be there to give you the guidance to be like a husband to you who will give you guidance and support as you raise your children up. The Lord bless you. So we talked about a mother's heart, Elizabeth and Mary as examples. There were others in the scriptures, but uh, Elizabeth and Mary are as good as any. Um, secondly, we talked about spiritual motherhood and we talked a little bit about uh, single motherhood, uh, how I think and honor single mothers. So, one more time, Happy Mother's Day. You know how it goes in TV programs and suspension su suspension movies. I, I call suspension movies when there's uh, 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 a little uh, uh, scary and blah, blah, blah. And they, they always say at the end, and one more thing. <laughs> so let, let me just say one more thing. Um, if you don't have a good relationship with your mother, May I encourage you today, today, to try to reconcile with your mother. It be a blessing to your life and to hers. Don't let her go without reconciliation. And the rest of your life, you'll be sorry for it, wondering why you didn't do it. Do it today. It'd be a real blessing, not only in your life, not only in your mother's life, it'd be a blessing to the Lord and anybody that hears about this. So let me invite you, because this is what your Heavenly Father did for you, did for us, that He reconciled us uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ, with Himself. And it cost Him dearly. This was not just a phone call. It cost Him dearly for Him to reconcile us uh, to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, but I want to invite you that if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, who died for you on the cross and was raised from the dead on the third day, that you would invite him now and say to him, Lord, I want you, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe on what you have done for me on the cross and in the resurrection. And Lord, I believe it and I want it. And I'm asking you to from this day forward, to lead, my, to lead my life. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit that I might walk in a way pleasing to you. I ask you this in the name of Jesus. Uh, if you have prayed this prayer, would you, would you give me a call? It would be a, a real blessing to me and maybe I can help you a little bit on your way. My number is 361-779-4210. 361-779-4210. 